Yeah, good. You might know this gentleman. Uh, unfortunately, he passed away. This is Stan Lee, uh, the creator of Marvel, the creator of the Marvel Universe. Um, Stan Lee gave many people the opportunity to be lost in the world of the characters that he created. Uh, characters like Spider-Man, the Avengers, and many, many more. These characters were, uh, captivated, uh, were captivated many people. And he used these characters to create amazing stories. Uh, take Spider-Man, for example, and Koala. I apologize for simplifying uh, this story. Um, but Spider-Man, or Peter Parker, is a young boy, a science nerd, who's got, who gets himself bitten by a radioactive spider, and suddenly he's got spider-like abilities. He's a superhero. Stan Lee made him extraordinary. He created a superhero out of an ordinary kid. Uh, this was a quote from an article uh, just after Stan Lee passed away. Stan Lee, in creating superheroes, showed us ordinary people can do extraordinary things. Now, no one in here tonight is going to sling from wall to wall. And unless a big tin of green paint falls on koala, no one's going to think the Hulk has arrived in our building. But we all want to be super, don't we? We all want to be used to do extraordinary things. And we don't hear kids running around wanting to be Peter Parker, do we? Everyone wants to be Spider-Man. God has done amazing things through many, many people. But we question God's ability to use us, don't we? Have you ever asked yourself, how or why would God want to use me? We question him. And maybe it's us that we should be questioning. But we think we are just ordinary people incapable of doing extraordinary things. And well, tonight we're going to see that an ordinary girl was used to do an extraordinary thing. And an ordinary baby was not so ordinary. If you were here last week, uh, you would have heard the story of Zechariah uh, and Elizabeth and their baby. You would have seen that Zechariah, through disbelief of what the angel told him was going to happen, was mute until his baby was born. And their baby was sent by God. And he was to prepare the way for Jesus. And Paul last week encouraged us to be patient, to pray and to expect that God will answer prayers. And so as we look at our passage tonight, we'll see that God again will be delivering on the promises that he made. And we will see him do extraordinary things. Now in our passage today, we're introduced to a young girl. And we are told that she lives in Nazareth in Galilee. And we are told that she's a virgin. And that she's engaged to a man named Joseph. And it's not until the end of the second verse that we were looking at tonight that we learn her name is Mary. And I think that's, that's important that we don't know who she is straight away. Because she isn't anyone special. She isn't anyone extraordinary. And have a look at verse 28. The angel came to her and said, Rejoice, favoured woman, the Lord is with you. But she was deeply troubled by this statement, wondering what kind of greeting this could be. Let's pause for a moment and think about Mary. We're not told why God chose her. We're not told why she was shown favour. But I think that's for a specific reason. And that's because there isn't any reason other than the fact that God chose her. It is simply because he wanted to use Mary. 
Now, some people in our world hold Mary above a lot of other things. They think that she is holy and different to everyone else. But the reality is, at this point, when the angel came to her, she was an ordinary young girl. But God will use her to do extraordinary things in his plan for salvation. But have a look back up at these verses on the screen. Verse 28. And the angel came to her and said, Rejoice, favored woman, the Lord is with you. But she was deeply troubled by this statement, wondering what kind of greeting this could be. Now at this point, Mary's sort of questioning a little bit what the angel's saying to her. Why doesn't God make her mute until her baby is born? If we think back to what we learnt last week about angels, we learnt that they were warriors, not the glowing images on the front of Christmas cards. This angel is standing before this young girl. She would be extremely frightened. But I think the key is the nature to their questions. Both Zechariah and Mary questioned what they heard. But I think Mary seems genuine in her question. She is genuinely asking what is going on. And maybe Zechariah, which we learned last week as a priest, he should have known better. Uh, But let's continue to look at what the angel said to Mary from verse 30. Keep your Bibles open tonight. Then the angel told her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Now listen, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. Mary asked the angel, How can this be, since I have not been intimate with a man? The angel replied to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. We see here that Mary is much more than a virgin on the way to be married. Mary has been chosen and has found favor with God. Mary is going to have a baby, but not just any baby. She is going to have the baby that is the Son of God. And Mary will conceive like not many have. And the Holy Spirit will work in her body and create a tiny human. Mary hadn't been intimate with a man, and yet she was still going to have this baby. And the baby will be a king, and he will reign forever. She is no longer that ordinary girl. She is someone who is doing extraordinary things through God. She's about to carry God's child and bring him into the world. These are my three little girls, uh, anti-clockwise, Aurelia Posey and Everly. And their pregnancies were really hard on me. I don't know about the other dads out there, but Nelson, I'm sure Nelson's struggling at the moment. It's really tough to be a dad I've developed a bit of a dad bod. I'm pretty sure that my hairline, my eyebrows are arguing with each other and they're running away from each other. But really, Amanda, my wife, and all the other mums out there will know that it's not, it's not easy. There's nothing really, apart from bringing the joy of having a baby, nothing else about pregnancy is fun. Uh, sore back, swollen feet, not being able to sleep properly, clothes not fitting, morning sickness... There's not much on the good list of that at all. But it's not detailed in these verses for Mary, is it? Gabriel didn't sort of say, well, you know, it might be really exciting that, you know, you're going to bring the Son of God into the world, but there's these other things as well. Now, God may have 
selected Mary and shown favor to her, but that didn't exclude her from those really average bits of pregnancy. And not only that, Mary and Joseph were first-time parents. And for everyone who remembers that stage, that's not fun all the time either. Now, just because Jesus was the Son of God didn't mean that he didn't wake up in the middle of the night screaming. Uh, Just because Jesus was the Son of God didn't mean that he refused to eat when they wanted him to eat. And Gabriel didn't give him the heads up on that one either. Jesus, when he was born, was an ordinary baby, or so it seemed. He would have done ordinary baby things. He would have done all kinds of smelly things in nappies, and he would have dribbled and spewed all over the place. But the reality is that he wasn't ordinary. He was extraordinary. Have a look back over what Gabriel said. Verse 31. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And his kingdom will have no end. The Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. I did not describe any of my daughters in that way when they were born. This baby is no ordinary baby. He will be great. He will be called the son of the creator of the universe. Universe. He will reign on the throne of David and he will reign forever. Jesus was going to do all these things. It was promised that he would do these things and he wasn't even born. No one knew him as that baby yet. And you see through that little excerpt that the word will was repeated. That's God promising through the words of Gabriel that these things will happen. He isn't guessing. He's declaring that this is what this baby will do through the words of this angel. But I think the question we have to ask at this point is why did God choose to do the extraordinary from such an ordinary start? God always has a plan and we can see that in this passage. His plan was to use this young girl, Mary, to continue his rescue mission of the whole world. Jesus, and spoiler alert, he's the saviour of the world. He is the king. He is the saviour that we needed. But this ordinary virgin girl is doing an extraordinary thing by bringing him into the world. But what about God? What do we learn about God? Well, the God who set the stars in place is the God that sent this baby into the world. That's pretty extraordinary. The God who created everything cares for you. That's extraordinary. The God who defied the natural process of uh, child creation in Mary's womb with Jesus. That's extraordinary. He sent his one and only son, not as a mighty warrior to conquer death, but he sent him as a baby. That is extraordinary. And if we look at the life of Jesus, we see that he definitely wasn't ordinary either. His sole purpose in coming to earth was to die for you and for me. He came humble and willing to do that. To be the king that the angel told Mary he would be and to reign for eternity as the angel said and as God declared. In sending Jesus... Even in this way, we can see the depth of love that God has for us. 
And the plan was for him, the extraordinary baby, to save ordinary people like us. The plan was for Jesus to be more than a superhero. Jesus didn't have a kryptonite. He didn't have whatever kills the rest of the Marvel Universe, and I'm sure there's plenty of things. But through this death, he changed our lives from ordinary to eternally extraordinary. And what do we learn from Mary? Mary was a young girl who was going to be pregnant, not married, in a time where that was a really bad situation for someone to be in. You can imagine the things that would have been going through her mind. What is Joseph going to say? What are all the people in our community going to say about me? How can I explain to them what is happening here without them thinking that I'm crazy? But what is her response to Gabriel? Have a look at verse 38. I am the Lord's slave, said Mary. May it be done to me according to your word. And the angel left her. No hesitation or worry about what people would say. She just trusted God. Which is a big contrast from what we saw last week with Zechariah. Unlike Zechariah, Mary was ready to do whatever God wanted her to do. And we should be like that. When God gives you the opportunity at work to share your faith, do you take it? When you're in a conversation with someone and it comes up that you're about to reveal something that shows that you're a believer in Jesus, do you shy away or do you take that opportunity? We should trust God that he, like he was with Mary, was with her and that he can be trusted. Ordinary people like us have been saved by an extraordinary God through an extraordinary man who came from an ordinary virgin girl. We've seen how God used Mary. He can use us too. We need to be people who trust God when he calls us to do things. Don't be someone waiting for Gabriel to pop up in front of them and give you a baby. Don't be the person that says, I'll wait until God appears before me, does a miracle, and then I'll trust that he's real. Don't be that person. We can know that he is extraordinary. The Bible's in front of you, your Bible's at home, your Bible, whatever it is. Use that to share the good news because it is true. And when you read about the things that he calls you to do, do them. When he calls you to be generous, be generous. God uses ordinary people like us to do extraordinary things. For us, we're not carrying the Son of God. For us, it's saving the souls of the people around us, the people you work with, the people you live with. God speaks through us in our day-to-day lives to perform miracles in the hearts of the people that we love. This Christmas, take the opportunity that the whole world is already celebrating take that opportunity to tell them what the real meaning of Christmas is. And if you've returned to church recently, if this is your first night back for a long time, or if this is one of the first times you've ever been to a church, or if you're somewhere in between that and still unsure, let me encourage you to believe. Believe the words that are in the Bible in front of you. They are truth. There is truth there. An extraordinary man 
died an extraordinary death for a whole bunch of ordinary people like us. What are you going to do with that? I think it's time to believe. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for sending your son as a baby to live an extraordinary life, to die an extraordinary death, so that ordinary people like us can spend eternity with you. Father, we are so grateful, and yet we live so ungratefully. Father, I pray that you will challenge all of us to take up our cross and to follow you and to be ready to be used each day. Amen.